Blog Talk Radio.
as we move through as life, we move through life, all of that is the living system of cycles. From Earth seasons, from Earth the somatic pathways, pathways that provide energy to every single cell. Waxing and waning, Waxing from and waning, times of growth to times of, of rest and renewal, and healing. Cycles map the most auspicious times for everything in life. By understanding how everything in life moves in cycles, you can become more aware of and comfortable with your own cyclic nature, and it is then when we can restore our natural cycles, allow the divine feminine to once again blossom alongside the divine masculine, and with the return of balance, heal our world and our hearts. So stay tuned to learn more. It's going to be a great discussion. This is your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am the founder and CEO of the Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to providing the basic necessities of life to underprivileged children. I'm also a reconnective healing practitioner, certified vibrational sound therapist, and positive psychology and energy psychology therapist at Quantum Wellness Center, my private practice located in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. Energy Awareness Radio is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. Audible.com has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products to choose from, so you can listen whenever and wherever you want. Just download the title you prefer, free of charge, and start listening when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. That's audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. My guest, Dia Orlean, is an author, lecturer, and former practicing psychologist. She is the recipient of an international award from Saybrook University for her research on the importance of natural cycles for life and travels around the world giving talks on the value of the divine feminine and natural cycles. She is the author of Sacred Retreats, which is our topic for discussion. Welcome to the show, Pia. Thank you so much for taking time to join us here at Energy Awareness Radio. How are you being? Thank you very much, T. I am being very well here with you this evening and your listeners. Thank you for catching that. A lot of people say, I'm doing great. <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> and there you got that. <laughs> yes. I try you know, to pay attention. Yes. Yes, you absolutely do. You are a former practicing psychologist, which encompasses so very much. So if we could start with you telling us what brought you to write this particular book. This particular book was a vision of trying to change the world. I had been trying to change the world through one cause or another my entire life. And one day, through talking to some Native Americans, I noticed how they seemed to recognize that all things are connected. And it suddenly dawned on me that if I want to change the world, I have to connect everything together and not pick one particular cause or one particular item, but look for the underlying roots of everything being connected. So I did a little research on what exactly is sacred to the Native Americans, and I found out that all indigenous cultures around the world feel one of the most sacred things is being in harmony with nature and recognizing that we are natural beings ourselves. And once we find out and remember that we are part of nature and that we have our own cycles, if we can start paying attention to those 
everything sort of falls into place just a little bit better and all those things we want to change the world begin to happen. So that's what led me to writing the book. Well, it makes complete sense because we are natural beings. I mean, everything on this planet is organic, <laughs> you know, and every yeah. living thing is organic. And and that's one of the ways that, that we're connected. I think the biggest way we're connected to go a little bit outside the box is, you know, people will say, oh, we're connected through love. And to me, love is just too personal. You don't love the people across the world because you don't know them, so you can't love them. But you can feel compassion for them. You, and that is a form of love, but it's a, it's a connection. The connection is that when we see a tsunami or an earthquake or something horrific happen and we want to help, that's the compassion that comes out. And that's, I think that's part of a natural cycle of things as well. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes total sense. Everything is indeed connected, and compassion is a great way of showing our connection to others. Mm-hmm. And now you talk about in your book, and we've all heard about yin and yang, getting in touch with our feminine side, even for men, you know, and some people will say, well, what does that mean? How, does, how is there a feminine side for a man? So if you could explain how the divine feminine is part of men. Well, I believe that we have a divine feminine and a divine masculine within all of us. The divine masculine is that part that gives us direction sometimes and and puts us in a pathway of this is what I need to do and focuses our attention. The divine feminine is more about nurturing and more broadening our perspectives to see other perspectives and say, well, that's another way to look at it, rather than fighting and staying only in competitive modes. We are living in a patriarchal culture, and it's been a patriarchy that's been ruling the world for a very long time now. And patriarchy values masculine more than it does feminine attributes of how we are. That doesn't mean that the masculine or the feminine one is more valuable or divine than the other, but it's become out of balance because the patriarchy looks only at masculine values and dismisses feminine values. So we're losing our sense of compassion. We're losing our intuition and our connection with our inner guidance. We're losing our ability to nurture one another and ourselves. The divine feminine has to reawaken in each and every one of us for us to recognize that we're all the same and that the best thing that we can do for ourselves and for anyone else is to recognize that we're connected and then extend that compassion out to everyone we meet. That's part of the awakening of the divine feminine within men as well as women, helping helping us to step outside of that pre-programmed role of, okay, I'm a man, so I have to fix everything, and I have to focus on progress, and I have to do this because it's a time deadline, and stepping outside of women being assigned roles of, okay, you're the ones that are the caregivers, you're the ones that are nurturers, and just saying, no, we're all caregivers, we're all nurturers, we all care about progress, but we need to do it in balance with retreat as well. With everything, yeah, it does. And, you know, it, it just brings up something in my mind with everything that's going on in the news and all of the stuff that's coming up, you know, especially in the past, let's say, six to eight weeks. Do you see that that is a – I'm not sure I'm going to articulate this well <laughs> – that that is a way of bringing up the – the, the patriarchal side and showing, it's almost like it's showing us it's, it's really dark side and, and we need to, and we're becoming aware of it to change it and fix things? 
Well, I think that the shadow has to be examined before anything can change. And right. the patriarchy is ruling as if it's only in the spotlight and there's no shadow at all. So now the underbelly of the patriarchy is being bared and it is being shown that it's not just, it's not fair, it's not equitable, it's not caring, it's not cooperative. And in order to have a better society, we have to shine more light into darkness and say, oh, I see where this is out of balance. Oh, I see what needs to change. And that requires changing a lot of belief systems. And and it's really being being shown to us a lot right now. There there are so many things that are being shown to us that to me it's almost like is this part of a natural cycle to shift it back? You know, the pendulum goes one way and then it goes the other. Are we are we at one side where it's it's time to absolutely go back? We know that it is, but we're being shown this in a very a very strong way. Well, we are being shown that. Astrologists would say that it's the United States cycle that its time is up because the cycle of Pluto is coming up within astrology for the United States, meaning uh, the time of death and destruction, that all things that are out of balance and out of harmony, it's time for them to die in order for new things to be born and for the United States to be born in a new direction with a new vision. That's just a simple astrological viewpoint, but there's many other ways of looking at it in terms of cycles. We can look at the cycles that we are holding on to that don't function. We can look at ceremonies and things that we do that have become just ritual and rote, and they're not really meaningful to us anymore. Um, Think about how many people have high school graduation ceremonies that there's no meaning into the coming of age. There's no ceremony for becoming a male or a female who has come of age. There's just a little high school graduation, and that's it. So if we look at all the things that we're holding on to, cycles that really aren't allowed to complete or really aren't expressed very well, it's time for belief systems about those things to change and for us to initiate some new belief systems so that we can have a different cycle that is more fulfilling. And, you know, it's funny because you speak about how when we ignore our natural cycles, we're contributing to ill health, we're not connecting, we might be even bringing about war. And everything that's going right on right now is, that's such a true statement. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I feel it's absolutely true. And it's, it's important that people stop and go, oh, my gosh, that is true, and start seeing what's all around them so that they can begin to change. And the way to change, from my point of view, is to just stop and take a breath in and take a breath out and say, what am I feeling and what am I thinking about what I'm feeling? And start right there and then examine your beliefs and see where the beliefs tether out into patriarchal training, that this is what we have to do to be valued, that this is what we have to do to be loved. And start changing those beliefs and say, no, we need to invite in the divine feminine as well and say, I can be loved for being who I am. I can be loved as I am. Those things need to be brought into alignment rather than our continually thinking we have to do something in order to be something. And really to speak up about it as well because when you don't, with some of the things that are happening, when you don't, it just, it, it just continues. Everything perpetuates and then we come to a point where we're at right now where everything is, everybody's being called on the carpet, you know, and it, probably for good reason. You know, probably it's time to 
to shift everything. It's time to make these changes or we won't go forward as a society and we won't be able to, you know, we won't be living in a world that anybody wants to actually live in. It's getting to a point where it's, it's like that. You don't want to, you know, and it doesn't, the social media things don't help all that much. And it, people are becoming more reclusive simply because you can get better deals online with free shipping and you don't have to schlep anything to your house, you know, and you're not sh shopping locally. I mean, everything is coming to the forefront, and it's a bit overwhelming. That's a real symptom of disconnection, and that's what, is, that's what has to stop. That particular yeah. cycle is coming to a crashing halt because it won't function any longer. Society will cease to function when people cease to connect. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I see happening. It's, it's a little scary. Yes, and we can sit there and retreat and stay online and buy our goods, or we can stop, stop and put the computer down and say, I'm going to go next door and talk to my neighbor. It's time that we start reaching out and discovering how other people are dealing with this or not dealing with it and, and get our heads and hearts together. And I mean hearts, not just our heads. We have to yes. put the, the love into it. Yes, because once you come from your heart, when you live from your heart, no matter what it is that you are doing, you are going to be going down the proper roads because you're coming from that source of love. You're coming from that space of, of good intentions and of positivity and and, and not, you know, this isn't, uh, you know, to, to be a Pollyanna. It, it's not that. It's to just know that you are really coming from your own truth and who you are and being authentic with who you are and stating what you need and socializing with people and connecting on a level where you get to know people because that's really gone away. And the children today, they're not doing that. They're not connecting on a level that allows them to be more social and that connection, it would be a shame to have that connection be lost. And I, I see that I happen. I see it and it's, it's heartbreaking. I saw a four-year-old little girl this summer who had on a t-shirt that said, tweet me, text me, or email me, but don't call me. Oh and my I God. thought, wow, yeah. who is instilling that? children don't connect don't reach out don't look into each other's eyes don't touch yeah it's um it's it's a, i think your book it really it really speaks to a lot of things that if people read it they would understand that there is such a huge connection that we don't want to lose don't take that away from your children if you love your children as most parents do you wouldn't want to take away something as important as this and one of the things that you you know we, we're talking about natural cycles in general, but we each have our own natural cycles that we go through, and I don't know that people are always aware of their natural cycles. So how, how, yeah, can you explain to our listeners how they can become aware of their own natural cycles? People are not aware of their cycles because they don't slow down enough to notice what they're feeling. <laughs> That's what the, the purpose of the book with retreat is about. It's being able to retreat from the idea of progress. Retreat is the opposite of progress. And that's not to say that progress is wrong. It's just to say that it's out of balance. We need to retreat in order to know what direction we want to progress. If we don't retreat and start examining things around us, we don't know how to move forward in the direction we choose. So how do you start to figure out your cycles? 
The first thing is to start with slowing down and just noticing what you feel. The second thing is to notice your breath. Notice the rhythm of your breath. There's an in-breath and there's an out-breath. And you have to have both of them to live. And if people focus on the, oh, I can only have to breathe in, I'm not going to give out, and they wind up holding their breath, they're not living a full life, and that causes anxiety. So you can start by noticing your breathing and saying, am I breathing a full cycle with every breath? If you're feeling a little anxious, you might notice, oh, well, maybe I'm not breathing as I should, and pay attention to your breathing. Another thing that you can do for women is women have a biological cycle that's a gift. It's part of who we are. It dictates how we feel certain times of the month according to our hormones. And it's time that we stop saying, oh, I'm ashamed of this, or it gets in the way, or it's inconvenient, or, oh, it's only for those people who want to make children, and start saying, no, this is a time that is naturally biologically governing us, leading us to stop and retreat and listen to our intuition, to purify all the thoughts and emotions we have that are holding on to grudges or anger or unresolved issues, a time to really listen to your intuition, listen to your creative guidance, and then come back after this monthly purging time in a new space where you feel refreshed and ready to start progressing again with new ideas and new harmony, both for yourself, your family, and your community. Men sure, and that sign is, is a natural cleansing. That is a natural way of cleansing. Yeah. yeah. It is a natural way of cleansing. And men can do the same thing. For men, it's not as easy because it's not a physical sign that says, oops, here's the time, now we need to do it. For right. men, I would say stop and notice when you're really beginning to be angry too much. Stop and notice when you're triggered too easily, when your emotions are really setting you off, and, and just use that as your time to say, okay, it's time for a retreat so I can nourish myself and nurture myself and cleanse naturally what no longer is working in my life and then come back from my family and my community with more positive ideas of how to connect and relate. It takes practice because we're not trained to do it. We're trained to go, go, go all the time. And, and too, while you said, you said a little uh, while ago that, you know, retreat is not progress, and while that's true, the word retreat does not lend us, you know, well to progress or it itself is not progressing. It is progressive in the way that if you don't retreat, you will never progress, and your, or your progress will be so slow and frustrating and stressful, you'll end up with illnesses. But if you take the retreat, daily retreat, it doesn't even have to be a lot, but take retreat time, then you will progress further and more quickly because you took that time. I think that's really important for people to understand. And your progress will be in a direction that is meaningful also not in yes. a direction that is dictated by the patriarchy. It'll be progress in a direction for real change and real good. Well, I think if you take the retreat for yourself and you go inward to yourself and see what it is that, you know, your, this retreat is for you so that you can come back bigger and better. And I think when you do that, if you truly do it with, with heartfelt knowledge, you will come out doing what it is you're supposed to do and progressing in the right direction, but you have to be aware of that. You have to be really aware and and go with that intuition, go with that more than gut feeling, you know, go with 
you know the difference between right and wrong, and you know what will work for you and what will not work for you. So you don't want to do something that feels wrong to you. You only want to do what feels right to you. And then, you know, that way you're putting out there a better message, a more positive message. And it really needs to start with the top down. You know, we have people who are working, I don't know, I don't even know how many hours are in a week that you could possibly work, but they're working every single one of them. <laughs> and it's ridiculous yeah. to take time off. Or when people say they went on vacation and they responded to their emails, you know, they checked their emails three times a day. That is not a vacation to me. A vacation to no. me is you left the phone at home and you're not speaking to work at all. There is no job on this planet that is that important that you, when you are on vacation, you have to take your cell phone with you. That's why there are other people there to cover for you. It may not get done the same way that you would do it, but it will indeed get done. Every single one of us is, you know, is dispensable, and people just don't think that. So they take their phones because they're afraid of losing their jobs, and there's a fear right there, and it interrupts all of your cycles, all of your natural cycles. That is such an important point, T talking about the fear that you're going to miss out on something, you're going to lose something, that's re- being ruled by fear, which lives in the mind, not the heart. And when right. you put that fear aside and trust that if you listen to your intuition, you won't miss a thing that you're not supposed to miss. You'll only miss things that are you know, painful or inappropriate. You won't miss things that you need if you just listen to your heart and let your heart guide you. We, one of the things that we have to do is eliminate fear from our consciousness. And that's another thing that this book is about, is looking at the belief systems that cause us to live in fear and allowing us to step outside of those belief systems so that we can feel freer and more in control of our own lives. One of the greatest ways of starting this is simply by taking regular walks in nature. Because when you're in nature, you can sort of feel yourself sinking into a grounding, a sense of resonance with the earth. It opens you to being able to say, yes, I'm part of all of this, and I can do my part by listening more deeply. And that's very true. When you get out in nature, you're, it's, it's kind of, you're alone, but you're not. I mean, you could even be with somebody walking, but there is a sense of going back to basics, if you will. There is a sense of, as you said, being grounded and more centered, and it doesn't matter if you're with a few people or by yourself. Just that earthing, just that that knowledge, that in breathing in the air, and it just makes everything feel better. I think every single one of your cells loves it and says, oh, thank you for taking me outside, even if it's cold or if it's hot. Whatever it is, you're, you're in nature. As long as, again, you're aware and you're taking it all in. Even if you're not taking it in, I think you get a benefit from it because everything is energy and you can ground naturally just by being outside. But when you're aware and really fully embrace it and go for that walk, and it doesn't have to be a long walk. It just, you really only need like three or four minutes to get yourself to a space where things can shift for you. Obviously, you shift your perspective and then you're looking at things differently. And it's amazing when you take these little breaks what you come up with when you get back to your office or when you get back to your home. You become more creative. You don't react to things as quickly or as poorly. You are more proactive. You must see that with people, yes? Yes, and sometimes on those little walks, all of a sudden it dawns on you that you want to just keep walking. You're enjoying what you're doing, 
And then you'll plan for a longer time being in nature and you get even more insights and more connection and a joy-filled heart. You start feeling the joy that we're meant to feel as humans because we're connected. Yes. And, and that's something that is so quick to do and easy to do, even if you're in the city, even if you walk outside. There are trees in cities. You have to find them, but you can find them. And just go and stand next to a tree. You know, you don't have to hug it. Just stand next to it and breathe it in and look around. And even look at your, 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 you know, your neighbors. Look at your fellow man. We all know that, you know, everybody's got a life. So what is going on with each person's life? And, and look at them and see, you know, wow, okay, that person looks sadder than I am, you know, and think, okay, and, and kind of wish them well. And ground yourself that way because we're all organic, so you don't have to necessarily be walking along a, a, a long and winding road that's, you know, country lane that's dirt in order to do this. You just need to get outside. The sun itself, the sun itself will, will give you so much. But people don't use these tools that are here. They're free. These are free tools, people, free. (laughs) And you spoke so wisely saying that everything is energy, and that's something we need to focus on because when we focus upon everything as energy, it's a little easier to accept that someone else's viewpoint is just shaped in a different format. It's just Mm -hmm. their personality shaping up the energy in that way for that particular experience, which is part of some sort of cycle of learning. And when we don't get emotionally involved in someone we disagree with and we can see it as a cycle of learning, then we can shift our own viewpoints and how we respond to others. Absolutely. And this is something I go through with um, my patients all the time. It's like we have to shift the perspective. You know, lose the judgment. You know, don't compare. It's not your journey. You picked your journey. Don't try to steal somebody else's. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And that, too, is part of, you know, part of our cycles is that there are times when you're learning much more than your growth is more because life is harder. And that's when you get your greatest growth is when when things are really hard, that's usually your greatest growth, provided you learn from it. If you don't, you're going to go through the hard times all over again. But usually that's a good sign that I'm I'm here learning something. I don't know what it is quite yet, but, boy, I hope I learn it soon because I want to be through this difficult time. I think we've all been there. (laughs) Yes, that's absolutely true. But if you focus on, I don't want to do this anymore, I don't like this, it's too hard, you may be missing the opportunity that's presented within the challenge. So it's kind of important to stop and say, yes, I acknowledge this is hard. Yes, I don't like it. I acknowledge that, too. And then ask yourself, where's the gift? What am I learning? What is the higher purpose of this experience? And one of the things that the part, I think the, my favorite part of the book, uh, because I like to, I strive daily to come from my heart. Now I'm human, so it's not always going to be that way. I get pissed off like other people. But, you know, there are times that, you know, that's going to happen, human being. But as soon as you realize it, you stop. And that's where awareness comes in and is so handy, because when you realize it, when you're aware, the realization hits faster and you learn things quicker and you can get through those tough times a lot more easily. But the relationships of the heart, you know, what kind of a relationship do you have with yourself? People have trouble with that. Yes, and that's why I did an entire long chapter on relationships and began the chapter with you're not going to have a relationship with anyone that's positive and beneficial if you don't have a good relationship with yourself first. Because 
if you don't love yourself, it's very difficult to put all your wishes on, oh, I want this person to love me, because you're asking someone else to make you feel special instead of recognizing yourself that you're special. So it's really, really important to have a good relationship with yourself in order to have a good relationship with anyone else. And I, I think that people don't know how to do that well. They they think it means, you know, every morning you get up and you uh, kiss the mirror or something. And, you know, it's just, it's a way of being. It's a way of being comfortable with who you are and a way of being able to figure out what are your gifts, what can you give to this world. And if you think of things in terms of being of service, and some people will say, well, you know, I, I don't want to be of service to people. I, you know, I hire people to do things. That's not the service I'm talking about. You know, it's a matter of being in service to your fellow man on a daily basis, regardless of what your job is. Being in service to the creatures of the world and not harming them, you know, because they're here too. They were probably here first, <laughs> you know. So, yes. it, yeah, it, it, it's a matter of sharing and I don't know. I don't know that I'm explaining it well. Go ahead. You can you can explain how what it means to really love yourself. Well, I was going to say two things. First of all, I have some interstellar friends that tell me that it's not what we do in the world that matters. It's how we do it. So right. you're speaking of being of service. It's not what you're doing. Oh, am I going to do this or am I going to do that? But it's what are you feeling when you do it? What kind of love do you bring to the situation? What kind of joy do you bring to the situation? That's truly being of service, and everybody can do that. People might say, some people might say, well, I don't have anything to offer, or I don't know what my gifts are. Well, your gift might be as simple as smiling at someone, because that energy of that smile can bring them what they need at that particular moment. And if you don't know how to love yourself, look at how you can experience compassion to somebody across the world that you don't even know who's having a hard time. The tsunamis you were speaking of or the famines or the wars, we can all feel compassionate for people who are going through that. So why can't we extend a little bit of compassion to ourselves for those places that we don't like so much? Once we begin to be compassionate with ourselves, we can start understanding what it is we don't like and we can change it. And it's, it is absolutely how you live. That's why I say it doesn't matter, you know, it's not that's not the kind of service I'm talking about. The service is finding compassion for people, uh making sure that you maintain integrity in times of adversity. Uh making sure that you can say things compassionately and with kindness instead of mean and hatred and bullying. We have enough of that. We have enough of that at the very top levels. It's disgusting. And it's not something we should be teaching children or encouraging adults to start to do. And a lot of them have been. And it's very, that's not being in a relationship with even yourself. That's completely being so far off of who you are. And you get used to it. And and we see this at top levels of government. People have gotten used to being just mean, just mean. And it's uh, it's hard to think that, those people or anybody can be in a relationship with other people making critical decisions or even mundane decisions well. You can't do that. It won't work. It will backfire. And I think that that whole chapter of relationships of the heart, that kept coming through to me is that all these things backfire if you don't 
if you don't come at things from your heart, from a place of integrity, from a place of compassion. Uh, so I, I applaud you for that. that Thank you. I really, um, that one seemed to me to be the most crucial, I, you know, because I think it starts there. I mean, maybe, I don't know, what do you think? One of the things that I will tell the listeners is I think one of the seeds of, of real wisdom within that chapter, if I might say so, is when you're having a fight with somebody, stop thinking that they are the enemy and start seeing the fight is the enemy. Recognize who the enemy really is because the enemy is those negative emotions that you're talking about, those hatred words and those nasty words that we use against one, one another. That's the enemy. The disagreement is never the enemy. How we right. deal with the disagreement is always the enemy. And the other person is never the enemy. It's how we're treating one another that's the enemy. And that's, I think that is a real jewel that we need to tuck into our hearts and hold on to all the time so that when we have disagreements, we can do them with compassion instead of with anger. Yes, and I think, I think one of the uh, segments within the chapter was about a fair fight, how to fight fair, something like that. And I laughed at yeah. that because when I was first married, um, my husband wanted to have a fight, and I didn't. Because I, I, I honest to God, I just don't see anything in this world worth fighting for. You fight for your life. That's you and yourself, you know. And I don't understand the whole concept of fighting. I was brought up in a household where there was fighting all the time, and I remember thinking to myself, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and I don't. <laughs> It doesn't work. It's so stupid. It makes no sense to me. So he wanted to have a fight, and so he stated his piece. And then the next day I got up, and I was it was almost like a PowerPoint presentation. It was like, okay, here's how I see it. And he was looking at me saying, this is not a presentation. I said, yeah, it kind of is, really, you know, because you want to fight about this thing, and I don't want to. So I just want to state my piece, and then we can take it from there. You know, why can't it be a debate? Why does it have to be a fight? Because nobody's going to win in a fight. And he said, well, nobody wins in a debate. And I said, no, but there's usually compromise. So you can see each side. So, you know, let's mediate. And he didn't like that because I am a mediator. <laughs> so it worked well for me. <laughs> but I did I do a that. Lot of, yes, Go I ahead. think a lot of people don't understand what you're explaining here because they feel like when their emotions come up, they have a right to be able to spill their emotions over on the other person, and that's what causes the fight, is they're not right. dealing with their own emotional response to the issue. Yeah, and I think I'm probably way too logical because I just look at it like there's nothing in the world. Even when people in meetings and stuff, they'll start to fight, and I'll just sit there and people will ask me, well, T, what do you think? And I'll say, I'm just watching the fight. You know, and they'll be like, what do you mean? They're like, this is stupid, and I'll point out two or three different things, and then it, everybody will start to calm down because you don't, Again, it's awareness. If you are aware that somebody wants to have a fight, do you really want to go down that road? Do you want to get that stressed, to get that angry, to cause something else in your body to happen? It's a domino effect. You know, stress causes everything. So why be stressed? Why? We get enough of it, you know. And so to me, it's easier to just think, okay, well, go ahead. You know, and I'll sometimes when people start in, I'll say, okay, you're done. And they'll be like, that. That really gets them upset, too, because then they think I'm making fun of them. And it's like, I'm not making fun of you. I just want to make sure you get it all out. Get it all out. Get it all out now. It's okay. You know, my door is always open. People can come in and, and yell and scream and whatever. And I know they're not yelling and screaming at me. They're just yelling and screaming together off their chest, and that's fine. You know, do that. Now, do you feel better? Okay, can we talk about it now? Because if you're still going to vent, 
you got to do that before we can talk because I'm not going to deal with anybody who's just going to scream and yell. That's not how you have a conversation. That's not how you argue. You need to argue it properly. And, you know, yeah. Yes, one of the things we need to learn how to do is how to respond rather than react. And what you're talking about is the person who doesn't know how to do anything but react. So if you don't react back to them, then there is no fight. There's just a place for them to, as you said, to vent until they get all of their emotion out of the way, and then the conversation can take place. And many times there are the people who are very, very, very controlling, and there's nothing but a fight. You know, it's my way or the highway. I have to win. And sometimes those are the people you just have to walk away from because you'll never – You'll never get anywhere with them. It's not a competition where you need to win. You just will never see eye to eye. It will always be stressful, and it's best when you start to see that. Sometimes you just say, "Uh, you know what, this isn't going to work, and just walk away. Keep them at arm's length because that's too hard, and that's not what we're here to be. We're here to find joy, not not to go through life with somebody who's very controlling whether it's a boss or a spouse or a child or whatever, you have to really work on that part. And if you can walk away, walk away. That might be a place also where it's really appropriate to exercise compassion. You can exercise compassion two ways in that situation. One is by recognizing the other person must be in an incredible amount of pain if they want to be that or need to be that controlling and just extend compassion to who they are. And then extend compassion to yourself saying, I don't have to put up with this. I, am, I can be compassionate enough to myself that I can walk away from this unbearable situation. So using yep. compassion in that situation in a two-directional venue really, really eases the whole thing for everybody. Exactly. And, I, and I was, when you were talking, I was thinking, yeah, and you have to have compassion for yourself just like the power of forgiveness. You have to forgive yourself. It's it's easier to forgive others. It's harder to forgive ourselves, but we need to do that. And when you're forgiving others, it's not to condone anything that they've done. It's so that you can move forward. But so many people can forgive others for certain things, but then they, they can't forgive themselves. It's, I think it's much harder to forgive yourself. We're hard on ourselves, and we need to have more compassion for ourselves, which leads to the, the forgiveness factor. Well, there's a lack of acceptance if there can be no forgiveness. And that's back to the place of feeling like I'm not worthy, I don't have enough to give, so therefore I'm unacceptable in the world. We have to accept all of who we are in order to be able to understand why we behave like we do and then change our behavior when it's appropriate. And really be aware of that so that you can make those changes. And that, you know, that's where the hard work comes in, you know? Yes. It really does. It, it's it's a it's not easy, but if if you want to have a more purpose filled and and better life, that's the way to start to really become aware of what it is that you're wanting to do, and then follow through with it because you can't just you know make a wish and and everything's going to be fine. That's not how it works. I think sometimes people see things and think, well, I'll just wait it out. You know that. Unless you're working on things, waiting it out is never going to happen for you. You won't get anywhere just waiting things out. Change only happens when we start changing ourselves, when we empower ourselves to pay attention to what we feel and look at what we don't like and change it because we don't like it. When we do that on our own, then we're making a difference. 
Yes, and instead of thinking, well, I can change this person, you can't change anyone. And, and although people say that, you know, no one believes it, and they think, well, I can, I can probably change. That person changed. You know why that person changed? We don't change people, but people change because we do. And they change in various ways. First of all, many of them leave your life because they don't want to change. Others see what you're doing and think, oh, you know, and they pick up on your energy, and their vibration becomes higher as well, and now everybody's in a much better place, and then you draw in new people. So there's three ways it works. You, know, you draw in new people that are more kindred spirits, and that allows you to progress and move forward even further in your life. But nobody can be changed, but they will change when they are around you, for good or bad. So if you're in with a group of negative people, then you'll start to see more negative people coming in, and positive people will start to turn negative, and that's never a good thing. That happens a lot in workplaces. But it goes the other way, too, where if you really are trying to work on yourself, you need to keep away from those people who are negative, and some will leave your life, and then new ones will come in, and others will stay and change because you changed, but not because you changed them, because you changed you. That's the reminder, again, that everything is energy, and if we want change, we have to change ourselves first, and then that energy ripples out. And others have the opportunity to either change with you in the same vibration or, as you said, to leave because they're uncomfortable in the higher vibration. And, you know, your book goes, it runs the gamut. It, it, it really touches on just about everything. And I liked that because I wasn't sure what it was going to be about, you know. And when I was reading through it, I, I thought, oh, okay, and now we're talking about forgiveness. And so it really does touch on so many different aspects of your life in a way that I think the reader, when you're reading it, you can understand it, and it makes you think. It's very thought-provoking so that your awareness automatically clicks in, and that's a good thing because we want people to do that. So, you know, the book, Sacred Retreat, Using Natural Cycles to Recharge Your Life by Pia Orlean, it is a great book to help you make the changes that you want to make in your life because of the awareness of what these natural cycles are. What message do you intend the reader takes from your book? I would like the reader to take from my book that anything is possible if we pay attention and if we do the work that is required to change old, outdated belief systems and to reharmonize ourselves with nature once again rather than allowing ourselves to be run over by patriarchal concepts that do not serve us, belief systems that we've been taught but that are no longer true, and disconnection from each other and from nature. I want people to recognize that harmony and love and bliss and all those things that we yearn for are possible. Not only are they possible, they're likely if we just return to acknowledging our natural cycles and treating them with honor and respect and treating each other with honor and respect and everything in nature with honor and respect. And what will happen is not only will the people change, but the planet will change. You know, Mother Earth right now I think is very, very, very upset, and I don't blame her. She is spitting and spewing everywhere. You can't blame her. The storms that we're, you know, seeing, everything that's coming up, the volcanic eruptions, the earthquakes, everything. Uh, she's trying to shake us off like fleas, and we can't blame her. We're messing with her, and it's not nice. So once you start doing this, as you read the book, you'll, you'll kind of get that. These cycles are for us to be aware of and to take care of us, which will take care of us. It's all 
it's a chain reaction because absolutely everything on this planet is energy. Hence the name of the show, Energy Awareness. You know, I mean, everything's energy, and it's just it can be it can be manipulated. It's pliable. It's malleable, and we do that. We do that by our thoughts, by our actions. Some are stronger than others, but we do that. So, again, sacred retreat, using natural cycles to recharge your life. You will not just recharge your life, but you will make an impact on future generations because of what you do to make changes now. I think that's important for people to know. Sometimes, you know, if you know, if people are thinking, well, I don't know what it is I'm you know, I want to try to find something to do that's, uh, you know, what's my calling or whatever. Sometimes, as you said, maybe your gift is just to read this book and know that, wow, every single thing I do impacts somebody else somewhere, and you just never know what the repercussions are. You just don't. So that's kind of what I got from it, you know. It was like this is definitely explaining a portion of that so that people know that, wow, everything really is connected to, you know. I mean, I knew that, but when I read it, I read it like with a fresh eye, and tried to see that, you know, how is this explaining to someone who's never, never understood this before? And I thought this really puts it. I think you did a great job putting it out there and explaining it to people so that they can better grasp what's going on with them as a person, and then them within this planet and what we're all here for. So kudos. <laughs> Thank you very much, T. I appreciate that. It's a work of love, and I'm. So happy to share it with the world, and I hope people benefit from it and it changes and improves lives. I, I think they absolutely will. We are almost at the top of the hour, but Pia, before we go, would you please tell our listeners how they may learn more about you and where they may purchase your book, Sacred Retreat? Sacred Retreat is available in any bookstore, but you can also order it off my website, which is Pia, P I A, Orlean, O R L E A N E. Dot com. It's listed on the website. You can order it there. There's more information about me on the website as well. And I just hope each one of you finds whatever you're looking for to become the essence of who you truly are. And that's just beautiful. And on this eve of Thanksgiving, what a great gift to be able to have had there with us. I thank you so very much. I'm very, very grateful for your being here and taking the time, especially when you're in Europe. Um, it's, so I know it's been my Time difference, right? Uh, it's about nine hours difference. I'm in Spain right now. So, yes, about oh. nine hours difference from where you are, T. Okay, that I did not know. No one told me that. I thought you were like in London. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm in Spain at the moment. I'm doing Now I'm even more grateful. <laughs> I am even more grateful. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Oh. Well, listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. We live in a very challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we're meant to live productively, healthfully, and purposefully. And this is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link for this show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they may learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find a list of uh, archived list of past shows, the lineup for upcoming shows, information about upcoming events. My children's book, Santa's Tiniest Elves, just recently launched. A portion of the proceeds from the sale of the book is going directly to children in need. 
It is available at Amazon and, of course, through your local bookseller. Please check out Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, where every dollar of every donation directly supports children in need 100%. We're run solely by volunteers. There's no salaries, no stipends, no compensation of any kind to anyone. We are investing in a brighter tomorrow by giving them a better today. So thank you for taking time to visit our website, SojiHuggles.org. Please don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRGAwareRadio and at SojiHuggles. I am your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well. I feel